welcome to Muscle Science for Women. We are so good at technology. Thanks for being we here. I'm Ashley. Amazing. That's Rachel. We've got so much to talk about. <laughs> I was going to start singing that song that's like, we will, we will rock you. That song? Do you know, do you know, do you know who sings it? No. God, you're so young. I, I really want to just I do know. Like, if you, you say it, I'll be like, yeah, that's it. But like, queen. I can't right queen. now. Yes, queen. queen. There you go. Yeah. I knew. I was like thinking I know, but like, I don't at the same time. You weren't so. 100% sure. Yeah. You're like, you, know that, you know that song? Didn't want to oh. embarrass myself. You mean the song that's been played at every hockey game for the past we like 30 years? Recording? Absolutely not. Too late. We're already in it. We're I'm here. already embarrassed. We're My here, face we're is turning it. red. Listen, watching this. this is a this is a safe space full of love. And to be fair, to be fair, you literally just before recording told me to shut up. <laughs> so this is a love loving, caring space. Like, and also, the reason why you said that is because I had an opinion about something that I was like, I'm not sure I want to share this because I think maybe people won't like it. And you were like, shut up and say it on the podcast. So we'll get to that. <laughs> But let's warm up first, okay? Let's just warm we up. We love a warm up. Just a this little is a warm, warm up. up, and this is just a fun, flowing. just a fun flirty warm up for you, okay? So, oh, now it's flirty, okay? <laughs> yes. So I put a question box on Instagrams, like ask me some questions, and uh, someone I'm not gonna say who. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> because you're like I put this question box on Instagram, and then whatever, I was like, just ask me some questions. I know they're gonna be horrible. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you never know. And this question actually is kind of silly and weird. I'm not going to say who sent it, but the question is, is someone I know. Yes, I'll tell you offline. It's not. It's not controversial. Okay. It's a. It's a softball. Okay, cool. It's just kind of funny. Softball. It's like a funny. It's like a funny pop culture conversation we can have. They said we would love to hear. Um, I want to know what each of your Max Beerstein hold is. So I'm going to explain what that is because you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. So. Can you, you know, tell there's like, yes. So you know how there's like funny, weird, like, you know, Guinness Book of World Records type like challenges, right? There's this uh -huh. place in, I want to say maybe it's France or maybe it's Amsterdam where they do like this run down the hill after like a big log of cheese. Have you ever heard of this? Like people do crazy stuff. Okay. Like not all, not all fitness and feats of strength are uh, normal and accepted. Some of them are wild and weird and crazy. And there is an entire like industry of like, you know, in Germany, the, what's the big beer fest thing that October they do? Oktoberfest. See, like I don't drink beer. So this like me misses neither. me entirely. Um, but there's like a whole thing where these servers, usually women, they are, it's like how many beer steins can you carry at once and like bring over to this table without spilling them. They're really heavy. They're really awkward. And there's literally people who do like, it's, it's like a competition, like who can hold. And I think it's like holding out. I'm going to have to do more research and do it. And then we can do it and post it on Instagram. It'll be funny, but it's basically like an eight pound weight and you have to hold it out in front of you, like straight arms. How long can you hold it? So it's sort of like a strongman thing, like feet of endurance, yeah. feet of strength. But it's like these women, some of them, if you like, if you YouTube this right now, you will, there, this exists. This is a thing of like women okay. grabbing like 20 beer steins. Like they can carry them without, like it's a crazy skill. So anyway, but it's a fun, interesting, I guess, like shoulder front delt feet of strength. So now we have to try it and see, see what we can do. And I actually want to say, I think there was a, you know, Rogue, how they do their like, whatever they do, like fitness competitions and stuff. 
there was one at one point and it was men and women and it was how long you can hold a like a plate in front of you mm -hmm. similar the same thing and for the men it was probably some heavier i don't know i remember doing it and trying it because i was like this is interesting like how painful is this how hard is it and it is very painful and very hard it's a lighter weight than you think like a much lighter weight because that gets in that position Heavy it gets fast, yeah. yeah you tire out really quick but anyway i just think it's funny it's just like funny there's something out there for everybody right like there's a weird challenge or feat of strength or thing that people can practice that is so hyper specific and niche and weird and i just thought that was really funny so i'll send you the information offline we'll try it maybe we'll post it on social media we'll report back and if anybody who's listening has like gone to an oktoberfest or has like done this i'd love to hear if you have any tips or tricks for us so that's it beer steinhold cool yeah okay Learned something here you go softball All right. okay moving on hardball time hardball um, okay, so we are going to answer some questions, and we have one sort of case study question that we're going to start with. Um, so I've posted a question box on my Instagram. And I uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're totally kidding. We I actually love... Uh, this is our job, questions okay? Come yeah. yeah. Even if, like, they're questions we've answered a hundred times, still ask them. I love answering questions. Yep. Um, okay, so... I'm going to leave the name private just because I don't I, I didn't ask if they were OK with me saying it. So we have an Instagram follower um, and she asked if we had any resources for overcoming hypothalamic amenorrhea. She said, I'm literally eating a ton and I'm doing minimal cardio. So I messaged her back and I was like, can you send me a little bit more info um, of your background just so that I can answer this, um, you know, with a little bit more detail. So I'm just going to read out kind of what she said. It's just a, a quick paragraph. Um, so I said, can you give me a little bit more context on your nutrition and training over the past year? She said, I did a bikini comp in 2021. I lost my cycle and then gained a few pounds back, um, eating around 1,990 calories and then two to four steady state cardio days a week, around 20 to 30 minutes, um, but pretty in, still pretty intense weight training. She said, I was doing a massing phase with calories up to 2,100 and lowered cardio but I got my blood work back and my hormones were in the tank. She said, I guess I thought I had not gotten a cycle back because I am 45 and figured it was menopause. But then since she got her blood work back, she realized that some other things were going on. And she said, I'm obviously not doing the massing phase now. And I cut back to training three times per week. And she said, I'm really dying over here. I want to train hard again. Hmm. So I'll just say what I said, follow up, and then we can answer it. So I said, how long have you cut back training for and have you cut out cardio completely, including all HIIT training for long, for how long, if so? Um, and then I said, oh, and how long have you been eating 1900 plus calories? So I'm asking her a lot of questions back because this is the thing we talked about this on our last podcast. There's so many questions we need to ask to dig deeper and deeper. And so this is, again, even just scratching the surface with these five questions that I asked. Um, and so she said, and I'll just read this and then we can talk. She said, I have not cut back on weight training long at all. Mm -hmm. I guess I am unsure about how much I have to cut back. I was doing five times per week and now drastically cut back my weight volume intensity. Um, and I only train every other day. She said, I have not done hit in over a year, mm -hmm. which is in this context, I would say a good thing. And she said, she just does 20 to 30 minutes step mill or jogging. 
Um, and then she said, I guess, uh, sorry, she said, and cardio only two times a week. So that's all the info. What do you so think? So the, the 20 to 30 minutes step Miller jogging is only twice a week, we're assuming, she means? Yes. She said she's doing that only twice a week, which... Uh, you know, a step mill <laughs> is hard for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. That in yeah. itself, like if you can keep your heart rate under, <clears throat> like if you can keep a step mill to steady state for 20, 30 minutes, you it's will have to be going at like literally a snail's pace for most mm. people. So even though she mentioned she's not doing hit, that is still like, I can guarantee you that your heart rate is probably up like mm-hmm. above a zone two, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder too, again, this is another question we don't have the answer to, but like if she is 45, like the blood work stuff and some of her hormones being tanked, like some of that may very well be due to overtraining and undereating, and some of it may also be perimenopausal stuff. Like we mm-hmm. don't really know a hundred percent. It couldn't, you know, so it's not just like, oh, I started eating more and my hormones in the tank, so it must not be working. Like that's not, that's not A plus B equals C at all, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, again, very generally speaking, like she is moving absolutely in the right direction in terms of easing up on the intensity mm-hmm. of her workouts and gradually and intelligently increasing her calories. I think there's probably just an element of like, and now we be patient and continue to do this and maybe even ease up the exercise even more because, again, like you could, the argument could be made that there's literally no reason to jog or go on the treadmill twice a week, like go for nice long walks outside if you want or whatever. But like, what is the purpose of a 30 minute jog on a treadmill? Generally for most people, it's not heart health at this point. It's like fat loss or something. And if Mm -hmm. she's not in a massive caloric, um, what's the opposite of deficit? surplus there it is um you know she doesn't have to worry about like gaining a ton of weight or whatever Mm -hmm. due to that so you know she may have to get uncomfortable in how much she's dialing back the exercise um and again Mm -hmm. temporarily it's a phase it's a temporary period to really try to heal your body and again if we look at this like a blip if she has to cut almost everything for, I don't know, maybe it's six months and she does like the bare minimum weight training to like keep herself, you know, not sad and like go for lots Mm -hmm. of walks. Um, That's still a blip on the radar. If it helps heal your hormonal profile, if it gets you your health back and allows you to then move back into training. But it's such a Mm -hmm. common, it's such a common thing of like, I work too hard. I burnt myself out and I really, really want to go work hard again. You know, it's just such a mental thing of like, if I'm not busting my ass, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And it's like, maybe this, this healing process that you need to go through is the hard work that you, your body actually needs, not the hard work of crushing super intense workouts, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I a hundred percent agree. And I also think that there is something to like, I'm glad that I asked the question because when she did respond with her age, 45, like absolutely you are probably going through perimenopause and your hormones might and again this is like there's so many different things to look into but like your hormones might be quote-unquote in the tank for a number of different reasons obviously potentially the nutrition and overtraining side of things but it seems like you are getting like you're kind of smart about that and you've pulled back a lot and you've increased calories and like Ashley just said doing that for a little bit longer and decreasing the intensity even more 
for a little bit longer. And when I say decreasing the intensity, I mean going from five times per week of training to maybe three times per week, but then also not going to failure on your lifts for a little while, right? Staying out of that systematic fatigue, the stress that comes from going to failure and staying, and you can still get a lot of training by staying, you know, two to three reps shy of that. And I think that's something to also consider too. Like there's a time and a place to go to failure and maybe right now spending some time away from that can be really good from just a stress standpoint. The other thing is to think about like, okay, yeah, maybe it is some perimenopause things that are going on and maybe it's time to listen to our podcast on HRT and see if like, mm. oh, it is actually just my hormones starting to downregulate as I'm aging. And so maybe I need to talk to my doctor about those types of things. But again, that would probably be like the second step. So I would say the first step is do all the foundational things, like everything we just mentioned about making sure that you're continuing to eat enough food, pushing calories up a bit more for a longer period of time, backing down on training. I would even say like with cardio, like stop doing the step mill, take that out. Your only cardio should be walks outside in the fresh air and the sun. And you can do that as much as you want. Like go have, go walk 15 K steps. Fine. But do it in a very, you know, parasympathetic, chill way. you know, just yeah. chill way. Um, those are the things that I would do first. And then if you've been doing, if you do that for, I don't know, the next six to 12 months and you still, you know, are having issues. And again, this also comes back to another question that I would ask. It's like, okay, yeah, you've lost your period, but like, what are your other symptoms? Right. Mm. Because that's what we have to go off of too. Like, are you not sleeping? Are you waking up in the middle of the night? Are you having all these other symptoms that are preventing you from, you know, living, mm -hmm. you know, comfortably, right? Yeah. So those, some of those could be related to perimenopause, right? And some of them could be related to just overly stressed body. So again, these are like, there's so many different questions that I would ask and like go deeper and deeper and deeper, but obviously we can't do that on the podcast, yeah. but hopefully that gives you at least some starting, a starting place for things to think about. Hey everybody. Sorry to interrupt. I know that you're really enjoying the podcast, but I got to give you a quick note about the sponsor and you know them already. You love them already, but they do have some new products. So I'm here to share that with you. The sponsor is active stacks. They make an amazing new product, collagen peptide powders in two flavors, chocolate and vanilla. Now, you know that I've been using collagen peptides for years in everything. I mix it into my coffee, I mix it into my shakes, in my baking, everything. And it has kept my gut health, my digestion amazing, my nails are good and strong, my skin, my hair, all that good stuff. It's not a complete protein, but it can add to your overall protein intake. And if you are looking to, you know, improve the collagen in your body, if you have some dull skin, if you have some nails that are breaking, if your digestion could use some help, collagen will help you. What makes Active Stacks collagen peptides really good is that they are delicious. I cannot stress enough that their chocolate collagen peptides taste like chocolate milk. They're so good. The amount of people who have been messaging me on Instagram telling me that they have made chocolate ice cream in their Ninja Creamy with Active Stacks chocolate collagen, uh, I mean, the results speak for themselves. People are pumped. The ingredients, it's just a few uh, quality ingredients, zero artificial sweeteners. It's low carb. It has 22 grams of collagen per serving. 
it's delicious guys it's a really really good product so go to activestacks.com use the code msw10 when you check out to save some money and treat yourself treat your body well and it have something that tastes good at the same time it can happen it does exist enjoy it thank you to active stacks for supporting the podcast and back to the show Yeah, I would say like the Cliff's notes are the real hard work of this is going to be the patience and consistency that you need to do this for like solid, like you said, six to 12 months. That's going to feel really hard when you're used to doing more to do less. But if you look at doing less as an active part of healing and recovery and it doesn't actually mean less, it just means different. It means less intensity, less punishment, more outdoor time, you know, like more nourishing food, um, all of that stuff. Like if you kind of see the positives of what you're, what you're about to undergo instead of all the things you can't do, I think you're going to have a much better time. Um, And, you know, the one thing that was coming to mind to me offline when we very briefly talked about this, and it was something that I was like, I don't want to say this because I feel like people are going to get pissed off. And you said, say it anyway. So again, if anyone wants to get mad and complain about what I'm going to say, direct it to Rachel because she told me, she told me to say it online instead of offline just to her. Um, I joke, don't be mean. But anyway, my thought as somebody who has done these competitions, and I'm not speaking to this person directly at all. We don't know enough about her. I'm not speaking to anyone directly. I'm saying generally about the industry because I spent years in it and I spent years when I was no longer competing, still working with people who are in the industry. I, you know, again, it's been a couple years now. Like I'm not saying I'm like the most in touch with the bodybuilding industry, but I know a fair bit about how it works and how these things, how these things impact people is the unpopular truth that most people should not be competing in bodybuilding. It doesn't mean you can't be a bodybuilder. It doesn't mean you can't get lean and take a great photo shoot. It doesn't mean you can't work to build as much muscle as you want and take as many pictures as you want. But the majority of the population is not suited on many levels to actually compete in in any kind of even indirectly healthy way in bodybuilding. And I am going to sound even more like a dick right now because I, I believe personally that I, I was for a time, one of the people who could compete. And the reasons why are because I have no, um, uh, previous disordered sort of attitudes towards eating. I had, and I had none after. So it was something that I could purely unemotionally go and do this extreme thing and not have major mental health issues, you know, um, emotional body dysmorphia issues. Like I did not suffer from that because I had, and there's a lot of other reasons why that is a, you know, that's what my background was, but I was not going into it, using it as an excuse to eat nothing and be a really unrealistic body type and pass that off as something that's healthy and normal. I knew the whole time that I was doing something very temporarily that was not sustainable and was not actually very healthy. And I was doing it in a very sort of temporary controlled manner. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there, are, you know, I, when I was competing, I lost 10 pounds, maybe 
10 to 12 pounds from beginning to end, which is not something to sneeze at, but that is not a significant amount of weight to lose, even for somebody who's on the smaller side like I am. I knew people who were women, not large women, who were routinely gaining and losing 50, 60 pounds once or twice a year. That is not healthy. It is not good for your body, for your hormones, and for your brain. It's just not good. And if that's something that you have to do, quote unquote, to be able to step on a stage, that's maybe something to rethink. And I know so many people who did it and they did it for this like dopamine rush and this, this feeling of accomplishment and I don't blame them for that. But then inevitably, if something bad happens, if their, if their period goes away for a year, if they experience body dysmorphia, if they're mad at the industry for some reason, they're mad at it instead of maybe thinking more about what, what their, how it impacted them specifically. Like they're the kind of, they're the important part of the equation, not the industry. The industry is what it is. It doesn't care about you. It's not a person. It's not, you know, it's healthy or unhealthy depending on who you are and what you bring to it. Right. So it's just something I, I think about a lot because again, like social media tells us that we all need to look perfect and spend a ton of money on, on cosmetic enhancements or that anybody can go have a six pack and be 10% body fat and step on a stage if you just work hard enough. And it's like, actually, maybe some of this stuff is out of our reach and it should be, and it's not appropriate in the first place. And not, it's not about you're not good enough or you don't have what it takes. It's like most people, most people should not do it. That's just mm-hmm. it. And maybe there are other ways we can find challenge and um, community and, you know, feeling good about ourselves, right? Like, it's just it's just yeah. what comes up when I hear a lot of bodybuilding stuff because there's so much sort of like either hate or, or sadness and pain that comes from it. And I think it's just because maybe we aren't taking the time to like understand ourselves better in the context of the bodybuilding world. Anyway. I'm so glad I told you to shut up earlier. Because <laughs> that uh, was You should have told me to shut up now. Anyway. No. I think yeah. that had to be said. And it's, you know, I, I don't know how many people listen to this who compete professionally or have thought about it. But, yeah, I mean, I've personally never done it, right? I've never done, like, a bodybuilding competition. But I have done, like, professional photo shoots and video shoots, which you get close to there but you're not all the way there Mm -hmm. um and there's still a lot of like you know a lot of struggle that comes with that too even coming off of my video shoot last year and just like like I did lose about 15 ish pounds um and even in just the last few weeks like when you really dial it in it's like you you don't realize like how much weight you can actually lose in that amount of time and like anyway it's crazy but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's I don't regret it, but I learned a lot of things. I went through a lot of things. And I think that when it comes to like bodybuilding itself, again, I have never competed myself, but I've been very close to that. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of like mental stuff that, that people don't even think about. Um, and it's not just like from, I think it's more so the afterwards. Yes. Right. It's not like the actual leading up to it and like going through it, but it's like everything that happens afterwards. That's 100%. where like a lot of the the issues come. Um, yeah. And like so, I even, you know, I've talked about this before too, and there's really no way for me to have this conversation without it like coming across. I can see why this, this would be like a little abrasive to people. But for me, it's just information. Because again, I did this 
quite a few years ago. The industry has changed even since I did it. I competed in figure. There's no way I'd be able to do that now. That even the, the size of the women has just exploded over recent years. Like figure women look like bodybuilders did, you know, like classic bodybuilders did like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying I'm like this pro, like I, but I did do well in it and I did well in it because genetically I was, I was pretty predisposed. I was okay. I trained of course, very hard. Um, but also the mindset, the mental attitude that I had was conducive to not being destroyed by an industry that is very unhealthy. And I didn't, I literally, I, I don't think I can even say I lost my, my cycle. I would get down from, you know, 20, low twenties body fat to like 11, 12%. And I wouldn't lose my cycle. So I, mm -hmm. again, was fortunate that I had a, maybe whatever was going on with my system could kind of handle it temporarily better maybe than some other people could. If I was losing my cycle for a year plus after a competition, I would have done one competition and never done it again because yeah. that's a pretty clear sign to me that like my health is not, it's more important and it was not conducive, right? So these are things we have to tell ourselves and not think because it doesn't work for you. Again, it's not because you're weak. It's not because you're not good enough. It's because this is not for you. Something else is for you. Go find mm -hmm. the thing that's for you that doesn't destroy you mentally and emotionally and physically. There is something out there that is challenging and badass and hard that is not going to destroy you. You know, it's just yeah. probably not bodybuilding for mo competitive bodybuilding for most people. Anyway. Yeah. Nope. Makes sense. All right. We got time for another do question. You, do you have any? I have a few, but I don't think I do, do like a rapid fire little type thing here. Yeah. Let's do rapid fire. Um, Okay, so, well, this question, I'm just gonna put this out here because uh, I just want everybody to realize or at least just be aware. So someone asked me, she said, creatine upsets my stomach a little bit. I have hmm. tried to take it multiple times and have to stop. How can I remedy? So the first question I asked her was, uh, can you send me a picture of the creatine you're taking? And she sent me the picture of the creatine and it was not creatine monohydrate. Hmm. Um, so if you are going to take creatine, take creatine monohydrate um, from, you know, a pure creatine monohydrate. You don't have to do a loading phase. Just take three to five grams every single day. Maybe start with three grams on the lower end and work your way up to five grams. Um, if you are a petite, you know, female who weighs, you know, less or a lot less, uh, not a lot less, but you're petite. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you're a petite female and maybe you weigh under 120 pounds, which is totally fine. Maybe you need a little bit less like on the three gram side. Right. And et cetera for as you, um, if you're a bit bigger and whatever, most people around five grams. Um, so that was a question. I just kind of answered it, but cool. basically make sure you're eating or eating, <laughs> consuming the right type of creatine. Yep. I mean, <clears> where <throat> do you even get non creatine? Mon like, so, do you know why somebody would not use monohydrate? Cheaper. It's yeah. cheaper. Yeah. So you would just you, cheaper or you saw like, maybe I've had some clients where like their gym sells it. So they'll just buy it from like their gym mm. and it's not creatine monohydrate or someone else will recommend it, whatever. Just go with creatine monohydrate. Like, and it's still pretty like exactly. well-priced. Like it's as far as yeah. a lot of supplements go, it's one of the cheaper supplements considering it's also one of the most well-researched and best supplements. So yeah, just get the better yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you have okay. any questions? I have no. a few more. No, I'm I'm all out. Oh, you're out? Did I ask yeah. you that five times? Cool. No, it's okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Clearly, I paid attention. Yeah, yeah, you're on top of it. Um, <laughs> actually, 
why don't we uh i have one thing to share oh good i like this um, okay and i can just answer these questions later so i actually have my first therapy session okay. in 45 minutes oh for today yeah oh wow okay that's exciting. i was looking at the clock and then i just looked at my calendar yeah so i don't so i don't know what like i've done like some stuff in the past but not like a like a full-on just like therapist that was mm-hmm. like legit like for my brain and my mm-hmm. emotions and all this stuff mm-hmm. um so i i kind of just like decide to go for it i was i've heard so many of course great things from a lot of my clients who are in therapy mm-hmm. and there's not there's nothing like specific really that mm-hmm. i'm doing it for it's more so like i um, I feel like I've been optimizing a lot of other things and I've learned how to optimize the nutrition, the training, but I've never really dug deep to like optimizing that side of things. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of, it's like, I'm kind of using it as another challenge, right? I always have to have like something that I'm working towards. Yes. And I was like, okay, I don't really want to do, like, I just finished up the, the miniature cut mm-hmm. <laughs> a little while ago. Um, I don't really have anything like in terms of physical challenges. I'm kind of just doing my thing in the gym and you know doing rec sports and enjoying that so I was like what do I like what's my next challenge to myself and so I was like well I'm gonna go for this so yeah I love that and I'm (laughs) so glad that you shared it I mean I think you know our generation is definitely way more tuned into this than previous generations like I think it's almost sort of like a no-brainer that people our age if we have access to it and there's so it's so much more accessible these days Like, why wouldn't you? There is literally not a human on the planet that wouldn't benefit from talking to a professional, talking to anybody who's just sort of outside of your, you know, community that you can just literally talk to about anything. Um, Mm -hmm. So for you, did you, is this like a in-person? Is it on the, is it like electronic? So I'm doing, so what I did is like, first of all, when I started to like explore this a little bit, I, um, I was like, okay, I could just look up like therapists on Yelp in my area and like look the reviews. And and that's where one of my friends is like really into therapy and like kind of talked. Basically, we were talking about it when I was in. He's one of my friends slash one of my like business partners. So when Mm -hmm. I was in Colorado a few weeks ago, we were like driving to the airport and I had been thinking about for a little bit and he brought it up. And um, so... I was just like, okay, this is just like a sign to go for it. And so I looked up, um, he basically just said, go on Yelp. Like you're not going to, you're going to, you're not going to find the first one, the first therapist, like right off the bat that you love and whatever. And he was just like, you just got to go with it, go with your gut. And so I started looking that up. And then I also realized that I actually have like pretty good insurance right now. Mm. So I went on and searched, um, let me just say the website so that people know so it's called psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. and you can go on there psychologytoday.com and you can go on there and you can look at therapists like in your uh zip code but then also who may take your insurance and so i looked into it and the insurance that i have covers therapy <laughs> and i was like mm-hmm. i didn't even think about this so it's basically like 25 dollars a session instead of 250 a, a session yeah 
which is that's not like again the money i still probably would have paid the 250 a session anyway but i was like well i'm just gonna try this first right and see how it goes and if it just doesn't work out then i'll go and find another one and mm -hmm. maybe have to pay for it. whatever like mm -hmm. it's gonna be worth it in the long run just like mm -hmm. hiring a coach is worth it this is a therapist coach same thing um but i was like i'm just gonna try this route first so yeah, I found it on psychologytoday.com, just kind of typed in my info and it popped out, you know, a bunch of different people and you just kind of read through their bios and see, you know, specifically what you're looking for. And I've dealt with like, I guess just like the word would just be like anxiety mm -hmm. with certain things. Um, and the one of the main things is, and this is, I know we have to run soon, um, is just like noise anxiety. So like with sleep mm -hmm. and stuff, if I'm traveling, I always like start to like, I get really sensitive to outside noises. Hmm. Um, and then like, even if there's no noise, I like get in my head about it and then I just can't sleep. Hmm. Right. If I'm anywhere else besides my own bed. How and did I'm, you like, grow okay. up in Manhattan <clears throat> with that? It came after grad school. And I yeah. think this is, I think I have like, I don't know if this is the right word, but I think I have a little bit of PTSD from grad school when I lived underneath a frat guy Oof. who would like blast his bass music like Nightmare. all the time and so like the walls would shake for like two years straight and i it was and i wasn't getting that much sleep anyway because it was grad school <laughs> um so i think i have some anxiety built up from there so i was mm -hmm. like okay like i need to address the root cause so mm -hmm. that's the plan to see that's, where that root cause is that's amazing that's amazing like yeah. it is like to your point it is going to be beneficial because it's never not to like just be able to talk and work through things that are stressing you out. And yes, you may not like this first person, but like you'll find somebody that you like. I've done therapy on and off and there were some that I didn't like and I was like, okay, moving on. And it's, it's a relationship just like any other. Like you find a coach that you're yeah. not really into, move on, don't waste your time or your money, but there will be somebody who you get along with and you feel comfortable talking to and stuff will come up that you probably have never even anticipated. Yeah. Um, but it is funny how we often don't think about, and we, you know, use things like exercise as our therapy when it's like, that's great. And also therapy is great. And yeah. your brain is really important, arguably more important than your body. And we so often ignore it in favor of like, again, the sort of easier, sexier stuff of like, well, let's just like mindfully go for walks. It's like, sometimes you need to talk to a professional. Sometimes that's <laughs> yeah. what you need and will help you. So that's amazing that's yeah. awesome i'm looking forward to hearing how it goes i will let you know yeah that's I have great my eval, eval session mm -hmm. to start off so we'll see sweet yeah definitely keep me posted um i will all right cool do cool. you want to do try to do some rapid fires before we jump off here how many i think i mean or can we not just, are we incapable of rapid firing these <laughs> okay i'm just like uh, yeah i don't i don't know I'll just answer these like via message because okay. or we can save them for the next one because okay. I don't think we're capable of rapid fire. Honestly, I'm just we have not proven ourselves very capable yeah. of rapid fire. We like to talk, you know, like that's yeah. what we're here for. This isn't this isn't, you know, rapid fire science for women. This is yeah. muscle <laughs> science and we like to talk <laughs> about it. Um, oh all right. Well, in that case, here's your reminder that if you want us to talk about something interesting and cool, tell us what it is. Send us an email muscle science for women at gmail.com the number four or you can reach out to us on instagram we're there we'll listen um tell us if you have any topics you want us to dive into we get a ton about hrt and so we did an hrt episode and there are actually some some 
upcoming episodes about hormonal health with some experts that you can be excited about, or maybe they already happened at the time of this. Anyway, if you go through the Muscle Science for Women uh, podcast list, you'll see lots addressing hormonal health because we know that's important to you guys. So if there's anything else you want us to talk about, let us know and we'll address it. Anything else? Word. 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 All right. Go eat All right. protein What's and work out, guys. Things? Don't be insane. Don't do stupid shit. Don't do stupid shit. Eat protein. Have a good time. All Love right. Ya. Bye. 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 <laughs>